Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Everybody just keep your hands lifted. We thank you, Father God, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. Father, we thank you that as we come together today, you're going to show up and you're going to manifest things for us. We come expecting from you today. We come expecting from the Holy Ghost. We come expecting from the Holy Ghost, not a person in the natural, but a person of the Spirit. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for your gifts and operation. We thank you, Father, for the manifestation of your goodness, of your deliverance, of your restoration power in this place. Father, we honor you. We do recognize that you're on the inside of us. The greatest helper lives on the inside of us. And Father, we're forever grateful for him. I thank you, Father, that you gave him to stand by us, to be with us, to to gird up with us when we come and we minister. But Father, to help us in everyday life, to be able to walk it out, we thank you, Father, for the spirit of the living God. Father, we honor you. I honor you. I thank you, Father, that you says that I would preach your gospel boldly. Father, that I would have boldness to say exactly what your word says. Father, you have a word in due season for these ladies in this place today. A time called and set apart. Father, we're expecting. We stir our hearts up and we say, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Be what you want to be today. Manifest what you want to manifest today. We want all you've got. I'm not satisfied with a little. I'm not a mediocre person. I want it all. Lord, I'm grateful for the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful for the Holy Ghost. Father, we honor you. We thank you for this time. And I thank you, Father, that every person in this room, whether they are a woman or not, get what they're supposed to get today. Hear with spiritual ears. Eyes, spiritual eyes to see. They have the spirit of seeing and knowing. And we thank you that you're going to accomplish everything because I'm going to obey you. (laughs) I told you I would when you called me I said I would obey you so whatever you say say I'll say whatever you say do I'll do and Father we thank you that you'll get glory for every single bit of it in Jesus name and everybody said I love those songs I love an acoustic that's awesome Pastor Bruce Very good, Miss Joy. That was awesome. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Okay, so Pastor Bruce, I have to give you kudos. You opened the curtains. That's awesome. 
Oh, that, that's, I was just going to say, just, I was going to say, I got to see it. That's really good. I love that. Hallelujah. I told uh, my husband yesterday when we were driving here, and I told Pastor Marianne this morning, I found my second home. I think we just need something up in this, up in here. I, I love that. I was going to say, Pastor Bruce and Pastor Marianne, that would just, we always have good fellowship, so it would be good to, to be there. But there's something about this part of the country. I love it. Now I know what Pastor Robert's always talking about, so yay. It's so good. It makes you want to come back over and over and over again. Amen. I feel like in the sound, I'm just a tad hot. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like I'm a little, little loud. If we can pull it down just a tad, it would be like awesome. Not much, just a little bit. Praise the Lord. So who did your homework? Anybody do their homework? Everybody do your homework? Yeah. Self-examine, yeah. check your heart, find out what it is. Did you make any notes? Or did you just know in your heart as soon as you started doing it, you, you got your answer, amen? Uh, we're going to get to some of that of why you need to do that. But something I want to share first this morning, um, you know, uh, my husband and I were talking the other day and um, just talking about the way the Lord does things. You know, Brother Hagin, when he would go places, he used to preach out of Isaiah 61 and Luke 4 when he would minister somewhere. If you'll turn to Isaiah 61, we'll start there. And um, we'll read a little bit of it because it's just preface because I got to, you know, y'all probably learned me by now. I'm full of stories. The Lord has done so much in my life. I just have so much uh, personal testimony of things that he said, he's done, he's shown. Uh, you know, it's just, I think I'm good. Thank you. I mean, that I am, uh, I'm just grateful that he communicates to me that way, that he's always done that since I uh, became born again or rededicated when I was 23 and a half. He just always, my life has just been truly supernatural. And I look back, and if you probably examined yours, you'd probably find a lot of supernatural in the way God's done things for you, through you, to you. And, um, but it's just awesome because I just, I mean, I'm very grateful for those. You know, I, I, uh, I can tell some stories of some other people, and I'm glad that I have those. But at the same time, uh, I have learned I, I have a lot of my own. And, you know, and I've just I've learned some things, even though, like I said yesterday, I've not been preaching in the pulpit forever. But I've still been gaining knowledge and understanding and revelation, and I've still been gaining life experiences that the Lord has taught me things in of sometimes when I did things right and sometimes when I did things wrong. You know, and he would teach me, glory to God, he was gracious and kind and merciful. And, but then he would turn it and make it for my good so that I could get exactly what I needed to get the best out of it in order to get me where I needed to be. But if you look at Isaiah 61, it says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil for joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And I like when you go down, if you go down to verse uh, 6, it says, But you shall be named the priest of the Lord, and men shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. I love this next part. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. So one of the things I want to share with you, you know, 
as I was going the journey and just asking the Lord, you know, where my place in the body is, you know, like I said, you know, some of it just kind of, I just ran right into it, just obeying God little step by little step. And uh, one thing that happened to me, because I went to Ramah, when I went to Ramah, I went to pastor's group, really, I was like, Lord, that's just the craziest thing. I just never thought I'd pastor every day in my life, but, you know, here we are. And, but, you know, I, he always had a purpose in everything. He always had a purpose in all the crossings of paths that I had. Uh, I can say, I mean, even now, you know, when I was at Ramah, I sang in the choir, and I, I did a, a duet, and, and they had me sing a couple other times, and I, I, auditioned, I auditioned for the Ramah Singers and Band during that time, and um, has Regina uh, uh, Jolliffe been here before? Mm. She's, she and I auditioned at the same time. She traveled with Brother Hagen, and, and, uh, but the Lord just crossed my path with people. And uh, I can remember the first time I ever sang there, and they told me I had practice one Saturday or one weekday, and said you need to go in this room, meet this piano player, and practice your song. I said okay, and I went in. It was Marty Blackwelder, and uh, Marty Blackwelder traveled with Brother Hagen for a long time, and he is an itinerant minister. He travels all over the place, and excellent, you know, uh, musician. I mean, just great gift of God. And I was like, what in the world? And didn't understand, you know, sometimes the past. Uh, that I would cross, but uh, there was purpose in them because now here we are in pastoring and we're connected to all these people and it's just connections of how God is working things and moving in the yeah. spirit and services and, and connecting us together at different times in our life. But um, through the path, I just sometimes I'd wonder exactly what my message would be. You know, and like I told you yesterday, my marriage of 24 years was not the easiest. And uh, I did some things really right and I did some things really wrong. And I could have handled things better. I could have handled it according to the word better at times. And I'll just be honest, I didn't do it. And so, uh, but at the same time, I thought, you know, Lord, how are you going to take this mess and make anything? You know? How are you going to do that? And sometimes, like I told you yesterday, I didn't even think I'd get out of it. I just thought I'd always be labeled that or I'd be stuck in that to the point that I'd never get to what God called me to. And uh, so... Uh, if you read the information on the what uh, Pastor uh, Marianne put out about me, I am also the president and founder of a military uh, outreach ministry. It's called The Bunker. And uh, the Lord had us start that. Long story, I'm, was, I'm connected to the military in several different ways. Uh, and so we started reaching out. Actually, the reason it was started was to reach out to the explosive ordnance disposal. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, they dismantle mines and bombs. My brother was an EOD tech for the Marine Corps. My brother-in-law was for the Air Force. And so, long story, we started seeing a lot of PTSD and suicide rates. And actually, in that one group alone, that one point, and even for military-wide, they were like the second in the nation for the highest number of suicides in the nation. Now, they only make up a quarter of the population. So that's quite a bit. And so... Um, but I started seeing that, and so the Lord told me to start it, and we did. We went the way we did it and everything and gaining, you know, connections to people and trust with them and just reaching out. We actually have a monthly um, meeting in Alabama that they do. They did it last night while I was here. They did it there in Alabama, and they have veterans come, and it's just a safe place, a no-judgment zone. They can come if they need help. If they're suffering, they can come and tell us what they need. We pray for them. We give them the word. Uh, you know, but a lot of it's just connection so that they know they're not alone. Yeah. And so, and not only that, we're offering something that outside the VA, we're offering something outside of medication. We're, I mean, we believe that those things help and if they need that, that's awesome. But we do believe that the only way they're going to be able to really overcome eventually is to be renewed in their mind 
you know, be set free of what's tormented them because that's the life they live. And so that had been really stirring in me. And so honestly, I thought that was a lot of what I was going to be doing when the Lord started talking to me about it. And um, I remember one night, because we had started this, and I remember one night, uh, we have uh, at Cornerstone, they have, you know, the Bible schools on Sunday nights. So the first Sunday night of every month, they have saturation. And pastor has all the students, it's required, it's part of their class, and they come and they're in saturation. Well, most of the time he does service, and usually him and Pastor Rhonda lay hands on people. They like to lay hands on the students because there's just impartations given that way, and I do believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands. And uh, so we, he does that, and, uh, and they pray for people. And it's just usually whatever, you know, he always obeys the Holy Ghost, but it's just, I mean, we may praise all night, we may worship all night, we may not sing but a song or two and him preach and we go on. But he's always led about what he does. So this one night, he told them to, um, that he, the way he saw it was that his pastoral staff was supposed to pray for everybody. Well, that included him, Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Robert, and Pastor Belinda, which you've met. And, uh, and so he said, they're going to come down and they're going to pray for people. Well, as soon as he said that, I was standing in the back. I sat, I sat with his mom when I was there uh, with Miss Kay, uh, my other, I call her mom. And so I sat with mom. And just back, I was on the back row. And when I, when I was sitting back there, just so slightly, the Lord said, Pastor Belinda needs to pray for you. So it was like Pastor Robert, Pastor Belinda, Pastor Mark was here at that time, and then Pastor Rhonda was on the end. And so that meant I had to get in the section. I was in the center section, but, you know, when you got that many people, you know, just trying to navigate or whatever, you know. And so I did, and I, I obeyed, and I just knew i got to get to Pastor Belinda. I don't know how, you know, I just have to maneuver, so I'm like in the section where she's, you know, going left to right. And so I, I did, and I went and into that, and I'm telling you this story for a reason because it goes with the scripture that we had because it's going to go with our afternoon session, okay? So... I did, and, she, and she, she had walked to my left, and I, had, I remember seeing her. Well, then I just closed my eyes, and it was like she was back on me just like that. It was like she grabbed a hold of me. It's like I hadn't got my eyes closed real good, and she, like, took hold of me. And when she did, the Holy Ghost hit us. Now, y'all, if y'all haven't figured it out by now, I love the Holy Ghost. I'm a Holy Ghost girl. I love to shout. I love to run. I love to dance. If the Holy Ghost inspires me to do that, I'm just a Holy Ghost person. I love the Holy Ghost because he changed my life. And so with that, I mean, Holy Ghost, come on, both of us. We dance this way. I, I watched the video. She sent it to me the other day so I could see it again because it's just good to refresh yourself sometimes. We went this way. We went back this way. Long story, she stayed with me. I don't know how long till she, I was a puddle in the floor. I mean, a complete puddle. Now, y'all, you have to know, when, you're real, when you get to a point that you're asking God, tell me what am I supposed to do? He'll answer you. And then, but not only that, he don't expect it to do you on you don't he don't expect you to do it on your own. Amen. Come on. He's got things to impart to you and to equip you with, Amen. and that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So I was I was receiving, and uh, Noah was a catcher behind me. He kind of followed me around. My son, he was following me around everywhere. And so, um, but anyway, so we have these center stairs at the center of our stage there, and I ended up by them and then up underneath them. And I could not get up out of the floor, y'all. I tried for 45 minutes. I kept trying to get up. I kept trying to get up. And so I, every time I would get up, this is what the Lord would show me. And when I'd try to get up, the Lord would show me, me preaching the gospel, and then I'd see a line of people, and it was pray, 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 pray. 
oh, and I forgot the cameraman. I, I kind of freaked him out yesterday. I better stay sooner. So <laughs> he told, I was like all over the place. So I would pray, pray, pray. And as I'd pray, people out like that. And then, I'd, and then I would be like, okay, then I see it, and I'd try to get up out of the floor, and the Lord, it was like a reel. And he kept playing it over and over again. He showed me preaching the gospel and laying hands on people, preaching the gospel and laying hands on people, preaching the gospel and laying hands on people. And the Lord told me, he said, that's what you're going to do. And the Lord started showing me that in that moment, the anointing to pray for people that were bound in their mind, heartbroken, depressed, oppressed, struggling. The Lord told me, now when you go do it and you go to a service and I tell you to do it, you tell them I told you that because when you lay hands on them so they'll receive. See, Brother Hagin used to do that. Remember? Have you ever heard the story and he talked about how Jesus touched his hands and told him, now your hands are anointed? I don't feel fire, so it's nothing like that. But there has been some things since the Lord has done that, even in our own church, that he's been doing. Why? Because he is needing to get every single person in a position to receive other things from him. See, that's what this is all about, because we're going to talk about Ruth today, this morning anyway. We're going to talk about what happened to Ruth. If you don't know who Ruth is, Ruth was uh, Naomi's daughter-in-law. And there's a book of Ruth that comes after Judges. And uh, we're going to talk about her because there was just some things that the Lord did to restore some things to her. It didn't have to do with laying on hands, but the afternoon session will. But the point of it is, is that God's just trying to get something to us yeah. all the time. He's got so much good that he's just trying to he just want, he's just trying to get us to accept it. Amen. Come on. Really? It's that simple. It's not that he's a withholder. He is not a withholder. No. He doesn't have a closed fist. Yeah. He is a good God. Amen. Yes. Giving, loving, merciful, kind, forgiving. I mean, he'll put you right back where you need to be. Now, things naturally happen for people, and sometimes things get look different. My pastor used to say, he said, you may have come to your senses and gotten up and decided to obey God and, and repented and everything, but when you get up, after you've been down and you get up, the scenery may look a little different. Come on. So it could. There could be things that cost relationships. It happens. But you know, God has a way of restoring things in a way. And we're going to talk about that if you'll go over to Ruth. So that's the reason that I gave you 60, Isaiah 61 is because I'm anointed to pray for people that way. It's amazing to me. I just, you know, that the Lord has taken where I lived. Now, it was to do with the military and my brother, because my brother suffered from PTSD when he first got out, and, and he finally got some help, to which was great. And he did, I don't know about any of the big major episodes he had, but there was just a lot of stuff you could just tell it was different. And, you know, he finally got help, and he's doing great. But at the same time, things I lived in, there were many days I was depressed and oppressed, crying during the night and up crying, and just a mess. Now, I put on the front. I was still active in church. I was still involved. I was still singing, and in honest to goodness, singing on, on the platform with the praise and worship team. Sometimes those weeks were the only time I ever had solace. 
that was my most peaceful place because I could come pour myself into God and he would, he would do some stuff in me and help me and get me good so that I could go back out. But then I was going right back into the frying pan basically. And so I was having to deal with it all the time. You know, finally in life, isn't it, it's so exciting to me, Pastor JC and I talk about it all the time, that we're getting the best of each other. My kids are getting the best of me now. Getting to see the best version God, God of me. Praise the Lord. But you know, it was a journey. It was after suffering and loss and, and feeling devastated and thinking I wasn't ever going to make it. I mean, not just emotionally, financially. I mean, it, life happens. I mean, if you look at Ruth, if you go to Ruth 1, you know, the story is, is that Naomi and her husband, they were in a land of famine. They came out of the famine. They go and they uh, decide uh, that they're able to go back. And let's see here. Let me see where they go. to see where it, which verse it tells. They decided, well, they were in the, it says they decided to sojourn in the country of Moab in verse 1. And it was he and his wife and their two sons, and then their two sons were married. The one son, he was married to a girl named Oprah, and then he was, the other one was married to Ruth. Well, in the middle of that, Naomi's husband died. Eliminate, how do you pronounce it? Let's just call him E. How about that? That's better. <laughs> He passed. Then she loses both her children. So she loses two children and a husband. Ruth loses her husband, a father-in-law, and a brother-in-law. And then Oprah loses a husband, a father-in-law, and a brother-in-law. And they're in, a, they're in a town of famine, a country of famine. Nothing. So Naomi decides they need to go somewhere else because she heard there was a part of the, of the world that had food now. And she thought that it was best for them to move on and to take them. But you know what she did? She went to her girls, her daughter-in-laws, and said, now, I'm, this is where I'm going. Y'all need to go back to your kinsmen. You need to go back to your people. And uh, Oprah was sad about it, but she agreed to, and she went back to her, her family and to where she came from and back to really to their religion. Some... some uh, uh, Translation says that's what she went back to. You know, you never heard of her again. But Ruth, on the other hand, I love me some Ruth. This is what she said to Naomi. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything put death, but death parts you and me. And it says, and when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she quit talking. She realized that she could not talk her into going back to her family. Ruth was committed to go with Naomi. If you, as you read on in it, it says that she was better to her and treated her better than seven sons would treat a mother. And so there was a relationship there. And she went, and so she decided to go with Naomi. And that one decision transformed her whole life. 
Now, you'll read also, Naomi changed her name, to which the name she changed it to means bitter, because she really thought that God did to her what happened. You know, and she didn't have the understanding of what we have. You understand? And so she did think that that was all God that did it to her. And I think, you know, sometimes it's easy to think that, that God allows things like that, you know, that he brings destruction, and we all know he does not. He is not the thief. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we all know who that is. That's the devil. But life is given, and life more abundantly is given by Jesus Christ. We all know that. Thank God. But Ruth went with her. And then if you notice, as you read through Ruth, I just love this book. It's not very long. If you've never read it, you need to read it because it is just, it is just so good. Naomi would tell her what to go do, and they needed, they needed food. So she told her to go glean in the fields. Well, she went to Boaz's fields. Now, Boaz was about 20 years older than her. And I, I, another thing, too, I thought was interesting. I was reading uh, this morning, and something that I saw said that they think this, I think they were estimating the span of, and I don't know if this is accurate, this is something that I, I read, that, and they give me notes in my Bible, this Bible I've had forever, and, I'd, and it, I would like to ask Rick Renner. I'm sure Rick Renner could tell me. but Because, uh, you know, he's, he's the man of, uh, of uh, all knowledge of Greek and Hebrew, right? And so, um, but I, it was a span of 12 years, from chapter 1 to the, to the last chapter 4, however many chapters, yeah, I think chapter 4. Is that right? Yeah. And so, uh, about 12 years span. Okay, so 12 years plus 20 would be 32. So I would think she was probably, she was still really young, and he was 20 years older. But he did notice her. I believe that the Lord made her visible to him. And so when she goes and she gleans, and then he wants to know who the the maiden is, and they tell, and he tells them to leave her alone. And then he gets to the point, he tells them, hey, even throw some extra out there and let her gather it. And I read one translation yesterday or day before yesterday that he did some things and he did some warning because apparently the people that would do the field work, sometimes they were not always on the up and up. And it says that the reason that he told them to her to do certain things and let her do certain fields, he did that out of protection for her to keep her from being taken advantage of by a man. And she wasn't even his yet. He just, she found favor in his eyes. But in the whole story of Ruth, she goes from being a widow to being remarried to produce an offspring and the Lord restored something to Naomi. See, God... When he does things, God don't just do one level. God is not a one-level God. I can, I can look and see, I mean, when I look for the, over the last year and I see the things that the Lord has orchestrated, how he orchestrated the whole deal to get me where I'm at right now, that tells me my God saw years ago where I was going to be today. He, he made way years ago. I just had to catch up to what the plan was. But you know, we have to be like Ruth was. 
I know that during all that time and I was like that and I was going through those hard times, one of the best ways, and then the, I think and it actually uh, fed to where I'm at, I stayed connected to my church. I stayed connected to my pastors. I stayed connected in the word. I stayed connected in prayer. I stayed connected uh, in any kind of learning, listening to tapes, uh, any opportunity that I got. I mean, I just stayed connected. I decided that I was not leaving where I was called to, even though the other part of me, my other half at that time, was not doing anything. He wasn't going, even though we were called to that place. But when I decided that I was going to stay and I was going to get all God had for me, he just kept connecting me to the right place in the right way in the ministry there. Just put, like I told you yesterday, I just put my hands to do whatever needed to be done. I didn't even understand the relevance sometimes. But that's what Ruth did. Ruth could have done like Ophrah did and just decided to leave. And guess what? We'd have never had a book of Ruth. We'd have never heard of Ruth again. Naomi may have been mentioned somewhere that she sojourned to the, you know, the other country to be able to get food, but I don't even know if it had been mentioned that. Because the Lord, the whole book is about restoration to the whole team. Amen. If over would have gone, she'd have got restored too. But she didn't. So that tells me that we all have a personal choice to make. We all have a choice that whether we're going to stay connected to the things of God or not. Which makes a difference of whether or not we're going to get all God's got for us or not. Now I understand there's times that I would go to church in tears. And I'd go and I'd sing and I'd worship with the praise and worship team and that was about all I could get in for the week. And it wasn't like that all the time. There were some good times, don't misunderstand me. But there were times that were not. But at the same time, doing that placed me in a position. It put me under the two people, plus you know the, the associate pastors, Pastor Robert, I believe, just, I, I can't even begin to tell y'all how grateful I am for my pastors. God watched out for my whole family. He placed me in a church that I had two pastors that prayed and watched over my soul. Knowing that life was hard, never, and not only that, y'all, just never judging him at all. Loved him, always there for him, welcoming him. When they would see him, they would love on him. Still do, and he's, he's going there, it's great. Because they are his pastors. But then he turns around and he gives us great children's pastors that love the two of them, the husband and wife, and he passed away last year. And, uh, and Pastor Deanna still doing children's church. He's done children's church for 20-something years. Loved on my kids, would come and keep my kids. And when our house was a mess and just sewing into them and get them and keep them and do things fun with them just to help their life be good. Then he gives us Robert, Pastor Robert. Oh my gosh, y'all. I just love their kid. I do. I love him. I'm so grateful for his life. But see, it's no different than that's really, it's just a modern day thing of what the Lord was doing in Ruth. Laying out people that, that Boaz said, you watch over her. He charged other people to help take care of her. Well, that's exactly what was happening in my local church was what was going on in life. Pastor Mark and Rhonda watching over me in the spirit, getting up in the middle of the night praying over my family. 
but then gave me Pastor Robert and Pastor Deanna to help form them and, and, and provide things for them that they were needing, even though they were getting taught the Word at home, there was, it was just reinforcing things. And then gave me Pastor Belinda, which is one of the best prayer people I know. Amen. Yes, she is. Has taught me how to pray. I'm so grateful. I gleaned so much from her. And just and at the time, just a friend to be able to call. And then I'd call her and, you know, I always had to say, okay, I'm calling you with, I need your pastoral hat today. Or I need your friend hat today. Because we're, we're really close. So I had to keep those lines straight. And you have to do that. I mean, you have to do that. But at the same time, God orchestrated that. Like, I remember when we were, uh, we were in one city about 18 miles from where the church is. And uh, we were selling our house. We, I believe we should have sold our house and moved to the city where the church was. And we sold a house that market in that, in that area had been staying on the market 561 days before they'd sell. And they weren't get full asking price. And because uh, we'd bought it, you know, when we first got married. And, and it was a nice little house. We'd added on and all that. And I'm like, I'm not having that. You said sell the house, so we're getting top dollar. And it's going to sell. And the realtor friend that we had that we talked to about listing in that area, she's like, I'm just telling you right now. She just patted me, you know. It, it could take a while. And I'm like, nope. So every time I'd pull out of that driveway, I'd speak to it. And I'd say, I call you sold. You're going to sell in Jesus' name. Because I knew we were, we were supposed to be. I knew we had to get the kids close to the church. And so, long story, it sold within a week. Hallelujah. Got exactly what we was asking. Amen. So we moved. Now, did that make life easy? No. But I knew it was in the right place. Then we got out of the will of God again and ended up moving back to Decatur for just a series of events happened and was out of the will of God for three years until the Holy Ghost said. See, he's always trying to get to you. I was cleaning house. And I'm, I'm cleaning my floors, and the Holy Ghost says, you've got to get back to Madison for the destiny of your kids' sake. That was their youth age. They were starting youth. So we did. I, I was like, we've got to move. You know what? I did whatever was necessary. We did that, and we lived out of a car in a hotel for about a week and a half, two weeks, until we found a house. Believing God for one of the certain districts that we were there in Madison City, we knew we were supposed to be at James Clemens where, you know, the yeah. kids are, dist are zoned for. And knew we needed to be there. And, y'all, we'd pull up in a house. I know I'm kind of taking rabbit trails, but it's helpful. We, we, would, we would pull up at a house, and my realtor would say, uh, I'm sorry, Kimberly, it's rented already, because we were renting at the time. It's rented already. I mean, when you get in the door, house after house after house, and then a house came open that some realtor friends of ours, you know the twins? Do you know? Okay. They go to church there. Uh, they've been, they're great. And uh, they're both realtors. And, and uh, she said, there's a one diagonal from my sister. And it was in, in the district. Y'all, I'm telling you, God always does it just right. The road was the school line. You go on that side of the road, it was the other high school across town, and you're on the, this side of the road, and you were in the district we needed to be in. And it was individually owned. And going through what we'd gone through and being and life being like it was, we were not in a good financial state. I'm telling you, God planted the right person. He just come and he says, why don't we do it this way? Laid out a whole plan that I could do. Why? Because I had finally said, okay, God, I'll do it your way and I'll go and I'll obey you and I'll go and we'll move my kids back. So we did. And he made a way. But see, it's just like with Ruth. 
things kept happening in the book of Ruth as she would go. And Naomi says, well, you need to go back and you need to do this when she went and sat at his feet. You know, there's things that she did, and she did it at the obedience of Naomi telling her, I understand. But at the same time, we can do the same thing. If we'll just follow the unction of the Holy Ghost, and when he tells us in here, in our inward witness, not out here, it doesn't have to be an audible voice for you to know what to do. You have the word. Now, if you need something about what is the will of God for healing, what is the will of God for prosperity, what is the, those type things, it's in here. Yes. But do you know there was nowhere in the word that the Lord told me to marry J.C. now? Now, he may tell you different. He'll say, oh, yeah. He may, he may even pencil it in. Who knows? He's, he's not here today. Oh, I get to say, I forgot. That's awesome. I, I may have to share some things. No, I'm just, just joking. That's awesome. But, you know, the whole thing is, is that I didn't know that there. You know where I got it? In my bedroom, in prayer by myself when my boys were not home and even when my boys were home and they could hear me in the room praying in the Holy Ghost, pacing my floor, speaking the word over my life. Y'all, God restored every single thing to her and to Naomi. It affected her family because she stayed close to Naomi and said, I'm going to serve whatever. The God you serve is the God I'll serve. That's what she told her. And because she chose to do that, her life. I don't have time to go into it of how I knew I was supposed to, to finally leave because there was a lot of things that went on. But I knew I was supposed to. I remember when he told me I had to be out by a certain date. The Lord did. And I know that some people may have been like, why would the Lord tell you that? There's just reasons of what I was in. I really believe in my heart that if I had not gotten out when I did, I don't think I'd be here at all. Seriously. I would have been had a mental breakdown. I believe that's where I was headed. I was, I was overloaded and at my end. Now, I was listening and, you know, I was reading and being in service and getting fed every week, but it was just not good. And, uh, and so the Lord told me in October of 19, he said, you got to get out and you need to be out by the end of the year. And I'm like, Why? Where am I going? I don't have nowhere to go. You know, my kids, my, old, my youngest son had just graduated in May of that year. And I'm like, I don't have nowhere to go. And so he just told me to go to my parents and tell them I need a place to stay. And so I did. Long story. Uh, we had moved, uh, and I know this is live stream, so it's probably more information some people would really like to know, but it, the Lord has told me I'm just going to have to start telling some things because it's necessary. We moved seven times from when my child, my oldest son was uh, kindergarten until he graduated. And within the same area, but we moved seven times. Now, the first time was because we sold the house. That was us. But other times, it wasn't like that. And we never had a house of our own for a long time. We'd sold that one house that we owned together. So my boys had never lived in our, a house of our own. And my daughter was already grown, and she's out and married and has kids. And, and, uh, and I just told the Lord, I said, what do I do? I, I don't know what to do. But do you know I got it just by staying close to him, worshiping him every day, communicating to him every day, 
praying in the Holy Ghost every day. I'm telling you, praying in the Holy Ghost and praying out mysteries, it, it, it works. It's the word. It's the truth. It'll help you. He, just, he was just digging out the path for me as I do that. Making mysteries known to me like the word says. And when I did, I reached out to the same realtor friends that sold our house. And she was taking me to houses because then I was in a position because I had a good job and I was in a position, I had gotten in a position financially to purchase my own. I'm talking God turned things around. Amen. And so with that, I went to her and I said, I said, you know, I'd, I'd just go look and we'll go look at houses and we'd pull up at a house. Y'all know the housing market? You'd pull up and she'd say, Kimberly, there's eight offers on the, on the table and they're all eight to $10,000 over asking. And I'm just not that, I'm a competitive person, but that kind of stuff, I just don't, I don't want to do that. I said, I do not want to squabble over a house. She called me one day. She said, I want you to go look at a new build. And I was like, that's crazy. I don't think I can deal with building a house. And my sister, of course, was like, yes, you need to, you need to go do it. You need to go do it. And so anyway, so with that, uh, she took me and showed me. My sister said, you need to come look at the neighborhood. They were developing back behind her. And then they were developing down the street and the same builder. And they said, let's just go look at them. Now, I'm telling you, by staying do, doing exactly what Ruth did and staying connected where I needed to stay connected to, when I stepped foot in that model home, I knew. As soon as I stepped through the threshold, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. And I knew it was it. Do you know I built that house? I was able to save the money to do the percentage that I had to do down. God filled it. Every single piece in that home is paid for. People supernaturally give me money. I mean, the day I closed my house, somebody gave me money which went and paid for the whole bedroom set of one of my kids. I mean, just supernaturally paid for things in my home. And I got to, I mean, the coolest thing, I got to pick out what I liked and what I wanted. And I got to finally do what I thought looked right and be, you know what I'm saying? And created an atmosphere for my children to live in. But you know, it wasn't just because I had a job and because I made good money. That was not the case. It, that helped it, yes. But I honestly believe that the reason that that happened is just like Ruth. I stayed connected to where I was supposed to stay connected to, and when I did, it facilitated something for God to move supernaturally and give me what I had desired. So I moved into a brand new home. I got to go and look at it, and I'd go. They would tell me things, and they would act like things weren't going to get done, and I got to go in that home when they were building, and I'd walk the floors, and I'd pray in the Holy Ghost, and I'd speak to it, and I'd speak to the property, and I'd speak to the land. and I'd, I mean, even now, because where it is in Alabama, y'all know we have tornadoes, and sometimes the tendency for the path of them can come around there, and I've told it it is not coming near my home. You can pick up and go over the house and keep on going, but you're not going to touch not even a shingle. See, my shirt... What does it say? Song woman. I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always like this. But you know, one day I decided to choose me. You can do that being married. It's not that you have to do what happened, go through what I went through to do that. But I decided to choose me, and the only way that I became strong was to stay full of the Holy Ghost, prayer. Word, 
I can tell you, if I decided not to do that and go God's way, I would not be standing here. Just wouldn't. I'd still be floundering around out there wondering what I'm supposed to do and frustrated all the time. All God wanted to do was just to get me on the path, just to, just to restore things to me. See, when I just finally says, Lord, I'll do whatever Mark and Rhonda, I'll stay with Mark and Rhonda Garver till Jesus comes back. I'll do it. I love them. I can't tell you the things. I can't even count the things that they've done for me naturally and, and spiritually to watch over me and to help me. I, I, can't even, I can't even thank them enough. So it's important, Pastor Bruce and Pastor Marianne in their heart, to be connected to them here. If that's where God's called you to, it's necessary. There's gifts and graces in them that you need. And that's exactly what Ruth found. Amen. If she would have never stayed connected to and decided she would serve the God that Naomi knew, she would have been in big trouble. And like I said, we'd have never heard another word out of her. Huh. I hadn't seen it like that before. Ooh. That's where you're going to find your voice. Glory to God. Oh, that's so good, God. You're going to find your voice when you stay connected where you're supposed to stay connected to because it's something about the inner strength that it gives you when you obey. And when you're seeking and you're asking and you're praying and you're in the Word and you're talking to God all the time, there is something about it that will empower you to accomplish whatever He's called you to do. hope this ain't feeling too heavy. Come on, no. But God wants you free today. That's good. Come on. Amen. Amen. God wants you to know that it's not that He just can do it. He's just not a can-do God. He's a will-do God. He's an already-done-it God. See, even that path of doing it and just evolving and giving myself over to the Spirit when we'd have saturation meetings and, and just, you know, seeking after Him the best I knew how. He didn't ask me to come perfect and do it and pray a certain way. I talked to Him just like I'm talking to y'all. Amen. Amen. People say, do you talk to Him like that? Yeah, I do. Wow, He already knows anyway. Amen. Come on. Bless Him. He knew what He's dealing with. Hallelujah. And he's not put off by it either. And he's not put off by how your personality is. Do we all have stuff to adjust? Yes. Do we all have stuff that we have to correct? Do we have to stay, you know, and, and make sure that we're obeying the word and that we're allowing the word to change us? We always have to do that. But, you know, the little things... Just little things. God, God's counting system is so much greater than ours. You may think, I've only got 15 minutes to drive to work. That's not very long. He don't care. Give him 15 minutes. Do you know, uh, Brother Hagen used to say that uh, he, he, don't, he prays in the Holy Ghost, what did he say? 
He prays in the Holy Ghost every five minutes, and you don't go five minutes without praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You could see him walking around campus and his lips were moving. You don't have to be in the church building. I mean, you don't have to be in a, uh, some kind of you know, service to do that. I'll be honest, I would go and get fed in service and I would get in when the move of the Spirit would happen. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, in a lack of better words, I'm just an easy drunk. I love the Holy Ghost. I do. I love to I love to enjoy him. I love to experience him. You know, I just I just I do. But you know what I have found in those times when I yielded to him, he would knock things off of me and shake things off of me and I'd get up and I'd be different on the inside. Amen. Come on. That's so good. Amen. He's just awesome that way. But you know, even after I built my house and, and everything went, I mean, I was just following. Every time he would tell me something, I just was endeavoring to follow. When he told me to do the bunker and told me, you know, what to do. I'll, I'll tell you another story. Look at time, you know. God is just, I told you I have a lot of my own. I think he's been giving me 26 years of building my portfolio of stories, y'all. Um, in all honesty, the Lord's told me to write a book, so that's coming. There's a book coming, which is amazing to me. I, whoever thought I'd write a book, I didn't, but God's got something to say about it, you know. <clears throat> but uh, when we were believing to sell our house, and um, when the boys were little, we, when we sold our house, uh, we went, Pastor asked us to come to, uh, to prayer one Wednesday, because he, uh, he called us and he said, I think y'all need to be at prayer on Wednesday. One of you needs to be. Well, my husband at that time, he owned a construction company. He did concrete work for ever. And so he had work to do, and so I said, I'll go. And uh, so I went and, um, and went to the prayer on Wednesdays, because they have prayer at Wednesday on, at 12. And I went to the uh, prayer time, and he called me and three other ladies up. And the other three ladies he called up, one, uh, her and her husband had started a church in Arkansas. They started, you remember Dale and Vanessa? Yeah. yeah. They had started a church in, in Arkansas, another cornerstone. And... Um, and then there was uh, Miss Lois Lanier. She was Mark Lanier's, the missionary to the Philippines, uh, his mother. And the other one was Gail Miller, Ted and Gail. And so he called us up and he told us that we all represented different things. And um, he told us that Gail and Ted, they, Gail was a professor at a university and Ted was an engineer. Well, the Lord told them to stop doing what they were doing and open an insurance company. Didn't that sound like the craziest thing ever? An engineer and a college professor. Stop what you're doing and go open an insurance company. But Dr. Mary Francis had come at one point and talked about, I remember she prophesied one time and she said one of the things in the coming days that people needed to invest in and get in was insurance. There was that and a few other things, but insurance was listed. So they came, they had moved back to, they had moved back to the church at the same time we, had, we, sold our, we were selling our house. And uh, at that same prayer, Pastor Mark prayed and called the house to sell, and that, it sold that week. And so uh, he told Miss Lois that she was standing in for Mark and Verna. They were married. Uh, Mark was uh, pastor's right-hand man for a while. He uh, was a Rhema graduate, and then they went to the Philippines. He met his wife on the trip, the first trip they went, brought her back. She was here. I mean, just like that, boom, 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 they were married, like really quick. The Lord supernaturally put them together. And then they were missionaries to the Philippines for a long time, and now they live in Tulsa. Their kids are at Rhema, two of their kids are at Rhema right now. And so 
Um, so it was that, and she, he, they represented people sent to the mission field. And then the, uh, Dale and Vanessa represented people that the Lord would send out from Cornerstone to start churches. And so uh, he said, but when he got to me, he said, the two of you are representing people that are supposed to come here, get trained, and be sent out. I knew that because I knew I was called to preach the gospel, you know. And my previous husband was too, anointed, could teach it like I'll get out, you know. And, uh, and so, uh, so he prayed for us, thought it was great, didn't think much about it except what I tell you, that was whatever year Noah started kindergarten. He's 22 now, so he was five, so 17 years ago. And uh, it took me until this past year to get to it. But uh, we were in service one night uh, on a night service, and Pastor had asked for the praise and worship team to come down. He wanted to pray for them. Because y'all know, like, when you have, when you have meetings like that, a lot of times your praise and worship team are the last ones to ever get hands laid upon them. They yeah. sing forever. Our praise and worship team there would sing like forever and ever and ever, and they're singing and singing and singing, and everybody else in the congregation is getting theirs, and then you, they get theirs last if they even come down, you know? Yeah. And so uh, he said, I'm going to pray for them tonight. And uh, he started going down the line, and he got to Ted, which Ted is Gail's husband. He's the leader of the team. The two of them lead together. But... Um, got to praying for them, and as soon as he stepped to Gail, I mean, or to Ted, because Gail was in the nursery working, as soon as he stepped to Ted, the Lord put me back in the A-frame building. It's like I was standing in the A-frame. Now, I had been, y'all, I had been running, I had, the Lord had uh, allowed me to have a catering company. I started it when the babies were little. It gave me opportunity when I stayed at home, because, you know, the first I'd say two or three years when we were married, it was good, and he made good money, and, and then it was after that that things went haywire. But anyway, I was able to start a catering company, and I'd just done little work here and there. But since about 2017, 18, God smacked something on it, and it was like I was running to keep up. I worked a full-time job, and I was still doing 50-something events a year. So I was busy. And I mean, no advertising. I mean, God just graced it. And people just would call me out of nowhere and just find me the craziest ways. And so, but I'd been doing that. Now in Chile in 2017, and I'm telling you all this story because I'm trying to tell you just how it's just like Ruth of just Naomi knowing she needed to go somewhere else to move her family, to get them where they needed to be. And Ruth decided to stay with her in order for them to get what God had for them to do restoration. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. That was the end result, was the restoration. Mm -hmm. But he had to get Naomi to leave, and then Ruth stayed, okay, with her. So um, uh, I had had that company. And when I was in Chile in 2017, we was in a meeting, and the, I was sitting in the seat, and Pastor Mark was preaching, and the Holy Ghost said to me, be willing to let it go. And I could see, because he was talking about loving what you do, and I could see my job, and I could, like, I, it's like I could just see a picture of it. You know, it's like a flash. I could see my job, and I could see my catering company. And I was like, well, which one? Well, I really believe I just cut the Lord off, and I just quit listening when he said, be willing to let him go. And I think it was on me. I just quit listening to what he had to say. So I didn't think nothing else about it. it went on. So then, uh, so all this time, I'm still doing both. Y'all working 60, 70 hours a week. Tired. Still doing stuff at church, still involved. And then 
when, when I was in that service, with, uh, it, when he said that and he started to pray for Ted, and I told you the Lord took me back to the A-frame, it was like I stand in the A-frame by Gail again, and I heard him say, Y'all were they all represent people that are caught that are brought here to start businesses that will, you know, finance things for the gospel. That's what your job is. And when he said it, the Holy Ghost said, And you built a business. And I had to ask him, y'all, I say a lot what? A whole lot. <laughs> I'm like, what did you say? He said, You built a business. And in a split second I knew what he was saying. The Lord spoke to me and he said, you've been in the wrong lane. I've been in the wrong lane. Because what did he tell me when he prayed for us that Wednesday? Y'all represent people that are supposed to come here and get trained and be sent out. Well, standing in my place right there, I got all emotional. I mean, tears streaming. I'm like, God, have I been out of your will all this time? He said, no. He allowed me to do what was necessary to provide for my family. He graced it in order to supply things for my family. Even though that was not the end result of where I was supposed to be, He allowed and graced it. Why? Because some, some people were not doing what they needed to be doing. And He was endeavoring to get something to us to take care of what concerned me, which was my kids. And in a split second, I said, I'll give it up. I, will, I won't do it no more. You tell me what I'm supposed to do, and you, I can't get there quick enough. That was in March of 2020. You know what I did? Got on the phone the next week. I started calling every one of my clients. I was fully booked for the rest of the year, plus some of, the, of 21. Not much, but some of 21. Just a few. I started calling and I said, "This is. I want to call you personally and tell you I'm going to fulfill your, my event with you. We've got a contract and my obligation, but I'm getting out. I started putting it out to all the industry, which I'd done it for a long time. We were a company that provided everything, not just food. We did flowers. We did cakes. We had people that provided those services for us. We were like a one-stop shop, and there's nobody in the industry in that area that did that. So we were going to be taking a part of the industry out by removing ourselves. Because they were used to, I mean, I had coordinators that would refer work to me all the time. But you know what? I had been staying connected to God during all that time, praying, seeking, asking the Lord. Because when he told me to be out by the end of 2019, we were praying one day. And uh, we had prayer two times a day during that online on Zoom. And uh, the Lord spoke to me one day. We were praying. He said, if you hadn't obeyed me, you'd still be there in the middle of all this. And I knew then that that would have probably been, I would have probably had my breakdown during that time, honest to goodness. Some people don't know that, but that's the truth. I was, no, I was not in a good mental state that I could have withstood being locked in a house and not being able to have an outlet at all. So, I mean, so it may be fine hard for some people to believe that he would tell you that, but yes, he will. He was always, he's perfecting it all. He was moving it all. He was making all my crooked places straight. Even when I couldn't see too far out, I still knew that he was fixing it for me. So he did it. Why? To get me on the path that I'm on right now. 
So your, your thing, and we're going to talk about it, when you realize you searching out last night exactly what you're supposed to be doing, now you need to ask the Lord, how do you get to it? Are you connected right? You know, if you have a wire not connected just right, it'll affect the whole of working of anything. Yeah. So you just need to ask. It's not a hard thing. Won't he do it? Yes. Is it just for Kimberly? No. Am I anything extra special? No. I am just an Alabama girl that loves God. Loves the Holy Ghost willing to obey and say whatever he says say and do you do that and he will rearrange your life he'll do you just like Ruth just like what the word said in that beginning when we read in Isaiah and we're going to close right now because I know we need to do lunch but just like what he said in Isaiah what did he say gave the double for all your trouble isn't that good? Yes, yes. Are you okay? Yes. Everybody good? Yes. We got some other things to get to yes. this afternoon. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Is everybody good? I don't